Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Ross Crean. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? I am doing fine. Thank you. <laughs> I, Ross, I think about this a lot because at one point you told me that you think a lot about our cadence at the beginning of the episode. And mm-hmm. now every time, because I've done this, I don't know when I started doing it. Maybe you could tell me. But I do this, <laughs> how are you doing today thing at the beginning of, that's how I start I didn't realize that I was doing it until I started listening back to a few episodes, and I was like, I do that every time, and I pick pitches, I pick a rhythm for it, like, it's a whole thing. I imagine it like a, like a, like one of those tweets that, like, when someone's really trying to get into your face with all the clap emojis, yeah. Yeah. Every word, like, how, how are, are you doing? doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't know what it does, I just, like... It's a really easy because I'm not a high energy kind of person, so mm-hmm. I like latching onto things like this that kind of like get me into the like he- mindset. I think when you spend 15 seconds in this forced like, "Welcome to Scopy Radio. How are you doing today?" Like you you automatically get into the like mindset of an actual good journalist, not like the the imposter syndrome that I'm constantly going through. <laughs> As are we all? Yeah, and it's good to have calm. You know what I mean? I mean gives you a good like incline to get into a conversation anyway so yeah who, who 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 really wants to start that energetic it's too tiresome for me yeah yeah i just got a new desk chair so sorry that I'm, I'm like fucking with it while we're talking nice um so <laughs> see this is the problem with interviewing people i'm comfortable with this is just like well so you're here because you're you're staring down the barrel of like a real serious month yes and I just like well, I'm, I'm gearing up still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh like we just want to talk about all of it, partially for selfish reasons. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> but like let's so like before we even get into it, like how are you feeling about like how busy your August is gonna be? Like t- like give us a give us a sense. Where's um, your head? You know, I learned I learned a long time ago um to just take everything in stride because if i thought about everything at once i would definitely have a major anxiety attack so i i just i decided to just accept that okay like here here are the list of things that i'm going to have to deal with yeah in the, in, 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 in in the very the very close future and then um just kind of let things just fall organically now um and that has made like a huge difference to me mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's a lot but it's okay I'm like i mean this kind of busy is a good busy and i'm willing to work as hard as i can for it to make these things happen so i'm i'm blessed for it at the same time as i worry about it <laughs> that's entirely relatable yeah in every way yeah. um so let's let's get into it so take us through it what's what's the what's the first weekend in august ross what's happening that weekend well <laughs> uh myself and and scoppy Ooh, scoppy they oh, sound scoppy. cool they are they're very cool <laughs> they're they're a nice bunch of folks i have to say um we are going to be um throwing a 24-hour collaborative event for for um composers and performers um I believe we begin at seven yeah. on August third, and um, it's it's very similar. I, for a few years, I've done twelve-hour 
workshops with composer singer collaboratives that you know you you're assigned at the beginning um your team and then you have the 12 hours to go through this way we give an entire uh, 12 24 hours for these groups to um, come together and talk and collaborate and um, convene on on pieces and make and give them a while to really like expand them and lengthen them out to something very sustainable hopefully Mm -hmm. so um and it's a challenge it's always been a challenge and i think those challenges are nice like kicks in the ass for all all of us as creatives Mm -hmm. and um you know the worst thing that happens is you don't have a complete piece yet well i want to as the person that has both the least i've done the least amount of work in the 24-hour concert process. <laughs> this has been very much you two. And, um, uh, so I think as it's been person, a lot of Mo. Much <laughs> more than me still. So, You've been in an invaluable sounding Well, I board. appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing the footwork, my dear. But y'all also have much more experience with this kind of project. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, what about this concert is different than than what you've done in the past in this vein. So for you, Maureen, that's the 24-hour concert. Mm-hmm. And for you, Ross, that's these 12-hour concerts you were mentioning. Like what, like looking at the people that you have coming on and kind of their... their, their... That's what's cool is mm-hmm. that like in the past... Because my experience with twenty four the 24-hour concert was in a music conservatory where everybody knows each other. You know, you may not be friends, but you know each other. And it's all, you know, age 18 to 26. And you're, you know, it's all on campus. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, it's all, it's very insular. It's very safe. It's kind of, you know, a known quantity. What's cool about this one is that we have, as far as our composers, we have singer-songwriters we have like you know classical composers that i haven't met we Mm -hmm. have like like there's our our composers run the gamut of just every level and and i don't know any of them which is exciting there were a lot of people i had have not yeah. heard of at this point and yeah so i thought that was really exciting i think the perspectives are really wide ranging mm-hmm. um i've had in 12 hour uh events i've had people who weren't necessarily academically trained mm-hmm. or educated composers and performers um but yeah i think we've had I think we've been able to garner a lot of variety and diversity as far as the outreach we've had with people we got to bring into this event that we're going to have this weekend. I think that's going to be amazing. And I think it's going to be a challenge and also like a really amazing learning experience at the same time for everyone involved, including us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and what's cool is that like, so the composers, it's a diverse group. And then the performers, it's going to be, I think that there are nine singers and six instrumentalists. Mm -hmm. And of the instrumentalists, I think there's a violinist, there are two flautists, there are two guitarists, there's a percussionist, yeah. like it's a, it's, there's a trombonist, like Mix it's that melting pot. It is a, like, <laughs> and I, cause I sent an email to the composers being like, I just want to give you, did you get that email? Yes. I just want to give you a heads up. This is the breakdown of our, of the, of our, of our performers. Mm-hmm. The names are going to be selected at random. <laughs> so 
you might end up with a very weird ensemble. For example, two flutes and a guitar, or two singers and percussion. Right. So, like, just let those combinations roll around in your head this Absolutely. week. Because, like, it's, like, I I wouldn't be, I bet you that there's going to be one acapella voice piece. Mm-hmm. Which will be beautiful. Absolutely. Um, and then th- there's going to be, th- it's going to be a weird concert. I'm so looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so weird. I'm right, so exactly. Excited. And that's that's the great thing about it is let's 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 get an unusual and unconventional and new kind of experience. Very um, ephemeral. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's something really great to to gain in these kinds of experiences where you're just kind of thrown to the wolves and you are scared for your life, at least for a little bit until you start to kind of reach a, a, a bit of a, you know, a landing with the people that you're working with in that point. And it makes things a little easier, but even then, like you still have five hours left to write something and, Oh, guess what? You better start practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something that I have had to do and you have had to do. And so um, I'm excited to get a lot of these people who haven't done this before into the experience just to see how they how they react to it. I mean, we've had I've had I mean, they've they've been extremely positive experiences when I've done the the, the 12-hour tours. Um, and I say tour because especially two summers ago I was literally traveling around the US doing these. Oh wow. And um yeah, so I did 12 um oh in God. two months. Oh my god. It, yeah, it was July and August and um of 16 I believe. Yeah, 16. Um and then last year I did four. Um because time really narrowed on me. <laughs> so um in a good way. But um you do get you do get a you know, so when you do as many of these as I have, you've, you definitely get a very tense and awkward learning experience here and there. And um, I think everyone learns from those kinds of things, too. Not that that will happen here. But, um, <laughs> no, it happens. You, but it does happen, and you never know. And as long as I think everyone comes in with an open mind and willingness to work with whoever um, know that they're for lack of a better word, assigned to, mm-hmm. then, you know, things are going to work wonderfully. Mm-hmm. The negatives have been because of people who have already had closed minds about certain things. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't help. Well, and what's nice is that I, having participated as a performer about two, in two of these in the past, like, I know, go, like, I, I try to be as transparent going in, like, you need to make yourself available during this whole stretch of time because otherwise you're going to feel like shit about it. Like you're going to feel not prepared. You're going to feel rushed. Like you're already rushed. But Mm -hmm. like, if you, if you cut down any of that preparation time, like you're going to, it's going to suck. It's going to be a bad experience for Mm you. Um, And then also like, I've also just try to be really transparent through the whole thing of like, you're going to get a weird ensemble and you're going to have to learn how to deal with that. Which is Great! I love weird That's ensembles. That's great. You know, you, it's 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 such an educational experience, and I think anyone who is in this field needs to get that kind of experience at least once in their life. The first not, time, if I, not ten. The, the first time I did it, I uh, my ensemble was two sopranos and bassoon, and let me tell you, 
it's tough to blend with a bassoon. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so like, it's just a matter of like, it it was it was so valuable though because it's very mm-hmm. much like check your ego at the door like you have twelve hours to have some chemistry with people that you probably don't know very well and yeah open eyes open ear open heart like mm-hmm. the entire time that that's what makes it happen that's what makes things go well yeah in this kind of time frame I'm I'm excited for for the pep talk I'm gonna give to people nice before the name draw of like check your egos at the door motherfucker like this is gonna be this is gonna be embarrassing it's gonna be scary but oh my god at the end of it it's gonna be so much fun like and it always ends so much better oh than any of them thinks that it's going to end mm-hmm. like yes there will be a moment of panic for everyone sometime in that 24 hours it's guaranteed it, it's just what happens but you know um i think that's then what kind of um, it gears them up and then like wakes them up and, and snaps them into you know being get into the mindset of okay here we go <laughs> mm. it's it's time to get to work and don't you know it at the end yeah. there it is um and no one's expecting perfection it's you've been given a you've been given a huge limitation first of all and mm-hmm. it's a huge challenge to do that in 24 hours and there is some downtime where you're not going to be doing anything because you're waiting on one of your teammates to do something so but it does all the time work in the end mm-hmm. so yeah i'm look. i it's it's going to be great i can't wait to have this this new team of people kind of go through you no know, just go through this and, and get the idea of what it's like to be kind of thrown into the trenches yeah so um and we'll give all the information at the end of how how you can be at the event and see all of all of that cool stuff happen and if you're if you're a composer and you want to participate please feel free to send us your info yes we have plenty of space for composers yeah yeah right now we have right now we have five composers so it's probably going to be a pretty short concert but you know you never know i mean some of the 12 hour pieces that i've had ended up being like five minutes or over you know if composers can achieve that in the 12 hours who knows what they can do in the 24 you yeah. know so yeah i don't think anyone needs to worry about it if it's short it's short yeah if it's not great if it's not <laughs> i mean it, it's, it could be a three-hour concert we could get a whole symphony <laughs> Watch. then we'll know someone cheated <laughs> Oh my god, watch, it's the longest concert we've ever been to. It's just like a dirge. It's, it's mm-hmm. just a fucking dirge. It's one big drone concert. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we talked enough about 24-hour concert. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to your next thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry to all Chicago land who's going to be listening to my, my list of things that I need to get to. You this have month. so much stuff um, going on, though. It's so good. Yeah, it is good. It's great. It's great. It's um. So the next thing I have is um. I've I've officially started a series called Ross Korean Presents, um. And it's a it's a a chamber. No, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna say that. It's just a music series, where um. We are going to be showcasing um, POC, LGBTQ+, um, female or female-identified um, composers and performers, um, also, also open to our, our cis and heterosexual friends, too. Daniel, but, you can come, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you. But, but the goal is to kind of look look to the other. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've loved kind of really going to that word um 
because I feel like all of these, all of all of the minorities um, that exist here, um, I love using it as a unification word, where it's like, guess what? We need to also support our, our other communities as well as mm-hmm. not just trying to get support for our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so our our first um, show is going to be in um, a queer cabaret um, with um, basically art songs, and we have um, composers uh, Mozart and uh, Tony Solitro and Steven Serpa, Tommy Bravos, Paula Kimper, who I love, and um, oh, then there's one more. Who's that one more? Fleetwood Mac. I don't know. It's Fleetwood Mac. Oh my God! It's Fleetwood Mac. It's Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> maybe maybe I got everyone. I think I got maybe I got everyone. Um, but then we'll have we'll have um we'll have. I love Fleetwood Mac actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm sorry to completely derail. I'm the Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. I would just like you to know that. Yeah. I am. I want to establish as much as I would love to be the Stevie. I'm the Christine. Yeah. Um, Can I be the Stevie? Do whatever the fuck you want. Oh <laughs> yes. Just bear, bear playing a tambourine well. So I'm gonna tell you. So um and, and, and we have, then we have the performers for the art song portion are gonna be um Catherine Bruden, Angela Bourne. Um that was not my that phone. Was me, um that's okay. Um Angela Bourne. Um and then um Caesar Sanchez and Claire DeVizio. And I should have made a list and wrote it down, but I did not. Um, but then we have for the second, uh, the second half, we're going to be premiere- doing the Chicago premiere of my one act opera, The Times Are Nightfall. Tom Bailey is going to be in it too, right? Tom Bailey is going to play my dead Don, uh, Don yeah. Giovanni. Tom doesn't have to practice a thing except laying still <laughs> and trying not to look like he's breathing. Um, so it's it's a it's a queer sequel to Don Giovanni where um, Donna Anna and Donna Elvira um, are dealing with the aftermath of what has happened in Don Giovanni and they um, seek solace in each other. That's nice. Yeah. Um, So, and it's going to be like 1940s 50s noir style. Um, Amy Hutchison is directing it. I was really excited to have her on board. Um, She was very excited too, so I I couldn't ask for a better relationship than I do with Amy. Mm -hmm. Um, And Cody Michael Bradley is playing piano for the entire show, so thank you, Cody. You are amazing as always. So, um, yeah, this is our way of kind of introducing this uh, series to Chicago. It's going to be at the Pride Arts Center, uh, the the Buena Theater at the the Pride Arts Center. Um, And we're going to be doing two nights on, so that'll be um, August 17th and 18th. Nice. I want to ask you about... um so what made you what was the thought process and kind of like deciding factor for being like okay i'm gonna start ross korean presents um a lot i chicago is definitely growing as far as new music Mm -hmm. um but i feel like there's a i feel like there's a lot of venues we really haven't um explored that um you know we have available in in new york and even LA to a point and in Seattle and Portland. And, um, I thought like, this is a great time to bring something different that isn't necessarily uh, company driven or seasonally driven 
or schedule driven. This is a project by project basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to do things also outside of the norm. Like, you know, we, we have, we have, uh, like th- this year we had the first, um, the first resident bodies Chicago festival, which I, th- which was amazing, much more experimental vocal music and performance. Um, you know, things like that, that we don't have very often. Um, and so I thought it was time to kind of give a presentation of things that usually don't get performed here that often, um, particularly as vocal music goes. Um, that's always been my specialty. I was an opera singer. I've always loved that. Um, so it's a way for me to kind of do something that I'm not seeing right now happening in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I, that I, I think is really interesting just because like, I know that we've talked a lot about like this is this kind of figuring out a um, vessel for which you can do this kind of programming is something mm-hmm. that I, I think has been on your mind for a while now. And so I'm glad to both hear that that's a thing that you're doing. But I also think that like, first off there, because it is, um, exactly how you put it there's so much being done in chicago but like there it's 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 one of these things where i think that like the outlets that are doing this kind of work like very much the more it's um what is the metaphor that's like the more everybody's the, the more one of us succeeds the more everybody succeeds m- mentality because yes. i think a, is a really powerful mentality yeah, and I, I think yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say that it's yes, it's very much about community and how to how to bring our community together into into trying to doing new and different things that we really haven't done until recently. We have venues like uh, Constellation mm-hmm. that are that are doing contemporary music. Um but I really wanted to do something that was going to be um able to open up to other audiences as well and we have a huge opera community here in chicago and i kind of i think this is a way to really bring those people into this and also show what is possible outside of what has been going on so far Mm -hmm. you don't know what's happening until you witness it so i thought why not bring something that we that that can be done and witnessed and experienced so that our community can continue to strive to do those things too and look look outside the box not that we're not looking outside the box but even further outside the box well i think that the things that always seem to be really interesting and kind of catch people's attention you know because i think there is a lot of outlets in Chicago that follow like one of two models one being like I'm going to make an opera company and it's going to be an opera company and we're going to do it the opera company way maybe we'll look at a certain kind of rep maybe we'll you know the way we pick singers will be a certain way or you're a venue and you go we want to put together like a concert season and so I think that the idea of you know like uh, another really good um, example is like Prexilla Femina where like this idea of um that was one of those things I remember when they launched, whenever that was, a year and a half ago. I think so. They got a lot of attention right away because people were like, this is not one of those two things. This yeah. is like clearly like a like a by-case basis. And I think that there is a lot of room for that because it's something different. And it's that, I think, is... it's. I'm always excited to hear of new whatever the new platform is, but like a, a platform that's in, of a different format. Mm-hmm. I think that the more that Chicagoans do that. And so the re- the other reason why 
so this is kind of the, uh, coming up to an actual question. You've listened to the podcast, but by now you know that this it doesn't is always... a question's coming, first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question for you is kind of mm. like, for people that, you know, are... Uh, maybe they're fresh out of college, maybe they're a composer that's been doing for a while, but, like, haven't had their stuff produced. Um, what, what advice do you give to that person who doesn't know what format their their potential production outlet should look like um like what advice do you have for that person to to try and figure that out and like how to get to that kind of um edge of of jumping into the deep end of i'm starting a a, a, a an outlet sure um first of all don't worry about don't worry about your limitations don't worry about what you think other people want. If there's something you want to do, you just have to do it. And that's how, I mean, I, I think ever since I was like 22, that's pretty much how I've approached my career. And um, I'm very thankful that I, did, I, I was that stalwart for that, that young about that. So um, I don't think there needs, I don't think you always have to worry about a company. I don't think you always have to worry about how what kind of audience you're going to have i think if you stick to your guns artistically your audience will find you and that's definitely been the case this year i think um as as, as far as my approach to to art here in chicago and um and in new york um so i would say do what you want and to hell with the rest and don't worry about who says what because the opinions don't matter. They, they don't. Mm-hmm. It's The opinions might be there, but the fact is, if you stick to who you are as an artist and what you create and you love what you do, it's going to show. And those pe- and people are going to come and they're going to witness that. And some people might walk away not getting it. And some people, but there's also going to be people who are going to stay and want more and want to keep in touch with you. And that's going to grow. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be understanding as far as who you are as as a composer or a performer. So yeah, stick to your guns and don't worry, because there is there is the there's critics and reviews, and then there's your audience, mm-hmm. and your audience is going to be the people that feed you, not not necessarily financially, but just like emotionally and spiritually and creatively they're going to feed you mm-hmm. and i've seen that outpour so much here in chicago and that's why i love chicago so um yeah to hell with the consequences and just do whatever the hell you want cool and you can't be afraid you just you can't that's i get so aggravated when i hear people going well we don't have this money you know what do what you do take the risks and don't worry about that it, mm-hmm. if, if if you work hard enough at it, whatever you need will come to you. Maybe not right away. Of course, I mean it's never right away. You have to work your butt off in order to get it. But it is a labor of love that is worth having in order to get to that kind of result in your creative life and to get those resources that you need. Uh, yeah, and I mean that's a kind of you know as a person that's been creating in this city for a while, like. I remember when I first was in that space of like starting to do that, I was like, oh, I have all these amazing ideas. I'm brilliant. And I'm just waiting for someone to cash roll me. And it's like, I think that's such a dangerous mentality because like in so many ways, like 
your ideas are they're just i mean they're they may be great you may have something somewhere but until they're in a place where people can like understand you at all like until you've provided any semblance of something that people can potentially like interpret of what what like you're trying to accomplish with whatever project like Mm -hmm. and and sometimes that all that that all that's missing is just that like trying something that like going out like doing that thing everyone deserves to get paid absolutely every single person deserves to get paid however if if that's why you're in this you are in this for the wrong reasons. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Walk away and try to do a startup. <laughs> well, and if you can't do what you want to do without someone paying you first, like it's unless you're you exactly go to a startup, like it's it's not going to work. Try to start your own business if that's the case, because this is not the place like the arts are not the place to try to score your, like your money where right. yeah, you can no. retire at an early age. We all know that. Yeah, no. Um, and you gotta do things. You gotta do things you love. I, I mean, there. I can't tell you projects I wrote because I just wanted to do it, and I was. I mean, there have been times that I have received a commission, and then like during like a downtime, I was like, oh, I really want to write this kind of, this piece too, and there was no one like asking for it it's just i really wanted to get that piece out there mm-hmm. and, and, and create it and so i i would do it like it can't be about the money all the time that's where i get frustrated is like you know there will be opportunities presented where it's like like we're really trying to do something different here and mm-hmm. in the beginning we're not going to be able to pay <laughs> but no. like if you stick with us and you like bear with us then like eventually we will and like the people honestly i st- i tried to start out vague and then it just got um, immediately about Im- scopy. immediately about scopy but like <laughs> my thing was less about scopy i will let you know my no, thing okay. was more it's about no, podcast well, being in grad school and being like i'm a misunderstood no yeah. no no but like in terms of like i still am misunderstood <laughs> yeah i let's be real we're all, let's be real we're all pretty misunderstood yeah, right. <laughs> like let's all let's all just take a step back and just acknowledge like no one gets us right. but um i think that like where i get frustrated is that we'll we'll hit these roadblocks of like well what are you like what are you paying and it's like i don't know man like <laughs> How about we're paying? Take a chance, like, like or about, like, a lot I, of cases we yeah. will be like we're so- something, but then someone will be like that's not enough, and it's like uh, that's that's fair, but also like we literally like it's not like we're sitting with like a, a ten thousand dollar budget and going like well we really can't wiggle. It's like no, dude, we have a two hundred dollar budget. Like this is literally all that we have that we can pay you. Like this is this is what we this is it's not as like a competitive game of like we're trying to to you know pay you less than you we're not deserve trying to screw you over right yeah. I don't think anyone's trying to that's what I think people it like approach these situations with the mindset of of like I and I've been guilty of this too of like oh they're just trying to screw me over like oh they have oh like they have more money to pay me but they just don't value my time enough it's mm-hmm. like that is not the case <laughs> like. Yeah. They value your time. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, I feel like everybody values everybody's time. It's just like a lack of resources. Yeah. Well, and and you know, and it's about being upfront, obviously, and just saying like this is what I can 
afford to give you for this if if it's if it's not enough i'm sorry you don't like it's okay like no hard feelings yeah and you know i'm i think is i think if you approach it honestly and upfront right away that like this is this is what i can offer and this is what i can do you know it's really no it's, it's up to those those folks to you know make that decision and whether that's yeah. enough for them or not and where they want still want to take part of whatever that 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 is that you're paying for yeah um I've been lucky enough to be able to afford to pay people. I've been also lucky to have friends who are just like, no, I'm no, I just want to do this because it's fun. And it, no, I've been very lucky to have those people too. It's, it's all over the board. It will re- always remain to be all over the board. And, and that's how this works. There is never going to be like, I'm at this level where I can't pay anyone. I'm at this level where it's all like, let's split the profits. I'm at this level where then I could pay everyone from now on. And like, there aren't always going to be those levels. There's always something that's going to be drifting between those kind, those yeah. those statuses, for lack of a better word. But you know, you do what you can. You just be upfront, and it'll fall in place. And those people who really do want to help will help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk about. The times I want to talk about the piece, okay. the the opera. Um, so it's it's based in a world after Don Giovanni. Yes, I'm wondering in terms of like musically what people can expect. Are there themes themes of Don Giovanni, or is it more like is it just an exploration, rather an exploration of the characters? So the libretto was written by my friend Aiden uh, Feldkamp, mm-hmm. um, who's also a non-binary as well cool. as myself. Um, They're rad as fuck and have been doing a lot of work in this in the opera scene for a long time, right? Yeah. They do opera rocks, right? That's the same person? Yes, they run opera rocks productions. Yeah. Yes. Um, they are a fine human being, I have to say. Um, I won't say there is themes, musically or otherwise, of Don Giovanni, because I think we wanted to make it very clear that that character is not okay. And he's not a oh. rampscallion. Um, we do have a we do have some. We do have. I've included what I have considered a a a me too theme that um, gets it, it comes out at the end of the first scene, and then I kind of play with that theme in various ways throughout the opera. Some are very unrecognizable because that's how I am. I like to invert and turn upside down and just completely like take apart and put it back together in different ways. Um, so. Um, I'm sorry. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Well, I want <laughs> before, before I go off on tangents. Yeah. I, I also want to make I, I want to make very clear because I have not mentioned either of them yet. That so um, Marissa Abbas is playing um, Donna Anna, and mm-hmm. Sarah Thompson Johansson is playing Donna Elvira, and um, I cannot wait for them to. That's going to be amazing to, to do this. They're yes. they're fantastic. They're fantastic vocalists fantastic musicians and fantastic actors i'm mm-hmm. so that's gonna be so good yeah i'm look, very much looking forward to it i decided to do the 1940s 50s like noir i also call it pulp because it does kind of some of my inspiration um after reading aiden's libretto um because i thought when i first read the libretto i thought that I read Anna has a gun and I don't, and then I found out later that it didn't say that. I think it was just my subconscious speaking. And I was like, there is something, but after reading the whole libretto, I, th- I, I saw, I just, I've, 
I came to the discovery like this is very this is a very like pulp mystery um it's like especially like the lesbian pulp mystery feeling to it and so I was like well let's make this like a somewhat like dystopian alternative reality follow-up to what happens in Don Giovanni um and we don't hold back on the topics um no Anna Anna sings about being raped it happened yeah um Anna's suicidal Anna I mean we, we we put trigger warnings just just to be safe at you no know, in our in our programs and in our promotion for it because we we didn't want anyone to be thrown off guard but at the same time we're also telling the truths of that story mm-hmm. instead of doing the cloud of um cartoonishness I think that has been put over Don Giovanni for this 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 very long time and I mm-hmm. think a lot of the opportunities waking up to that story and um kind of seeing like well how else can we um tell that story in the right light concerning the things that are happening nowadays mm-hmm. so it became absurd it, it became a very important it became very important to me to write that and and put and put that out there into the live day so that we're gonna have some sort of justice and further dialogue about it are you picturing like any kind of like are you picturing that this could be like a sister piece to don giovanni i don't see why not yeah i think that would be an interesting i don't see why not like a like a massively i mean that's been asked asked before about like was this something you would hope i was like well of course it's yeah it's what i would consider a sequel is does aiden um and and so yeah, I, I feel like it, it will definitely uh, add, a, add, a, add a bit of an eye-opener to <laughs> any audience member who would go see Don Giovanni and then come see Times or Nightfall. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think, too, I appreciate because I appreciate how clear you're being because I think that um, uh, there's a myth that it's not there in, in the Mozart that... The, these things that happened mm-hmm. um, but I feel like anybody that has spent time with the score more than once like one read through or something like that yeah. it becomes very obvious that these things are, are there and it's there in the way that these characters like sing their arias and like like work through and process the things that are happening throughout the opera and it's it's right there in the in the like scenes that are those like first few scenes of the opera like it's very obvious what's happening and like when especially like when you lay any level of gender politics in this day and age to it like it's like obviously don giovanni's a man of power like it was the time period that it was like there to to even begin to try to make the argument that it wasn't there you're already wrong to me like just because like what what how, on what grounds like in what example is what happens in that opera not the case well i think we're conditioned yeah to believe that because spe- especially in in collegiate academia like we are well this is just a this is just a fanciful like it's you know, a classic yes mm-hmm. and and we are taught to have this filter over how we have viewed this opera but yes when you do see it in the light of of what it is and without being told what this is about and you're looking through and it's like dude, these, 
this guy is making some major wrongs here. Um, and and, and, I mean, there's, the and there's a lot scene of alone. chaos as, as a result of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets dragged to hell. Giving any kind of emotional sympathy to that character is not understanding the character. Not understanding what is being written there. Like, like it's not comic, you know? Like, oh, no. it's... it's, it's well, and I so that's an interesting because the the other lens I kind of come to is, and I, I'm not really I haven't really thought about this much recently, but always trying to parse out like what because I sing a lot of Leporello, which is that com- supposed to be this like comic relief, mm-hmm. and I you know the more I kind of come down to it, like coming down having sung that aria a lot, like I don't know that it entirely should be funny that that are the catalog aria. Yeah, I, I I feel like uh, comedy is sometimes a filter over what is what actually should be seen when it comes to a story. Um, I think we approach humor and opera much differently nowadays mm-hmm. than we would have back then. Um, but yet again, this is how this this it's how that was seen back then too. It's mm-hmm. um, and by no means am I apologist about that. It's just unfortunately that was the case. So. Let's now have a contemporary and different understanding about what is happening here. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I felt that was really necessary in order to make it very clear that, I mean, um, you know, in the times of nightfall, Anna even sings at the end of one of her pieces, you know, that that dreadful night he committed the same crime twice um, and she falls down crying and it's not melodramatic and i'm i made that very clear to um the production team in new york who premiered it and also talking about it with with amy here in chicago about and and amy 100 agrees this is not melodramatic this isn't to be treated as if it's cheesiness this is true like to hysteria. life yeah this is true to life and we need to play it as such that this is what happens when these things occur, when these kinds of, of crimes um, against humanity occur to another human being. Because, I mean, you know, it, it at the end of the day, like, that's what it is. Like, it's, it, it is a crime against a person, but it's mm-hmm. also like... It's a, it's a crime against society. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a crime yep. against what makes people people. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was it was one of the reasons why, especially. I mean, we've I've been bringing it up again on Facebook about you know three years ago. I started an initiative for um, opera companies to put a zero tolerance harassment clause mm-hmm. in in their in their contracts for their performers and production crew because we're, we're seeing it now. It's it's all coming to light. And it's not something we can continue oh, and allow yeah. it to allow it to happen anymore. And um, I have many, many, many. Um, in this context, I'll say female friends in opera who have had to suffer some some of these. I've had some male um, performer friends as well have to deal with these kinds of, of behaviors as well. Um, so I, I don't want to negate that. But... Um, I've seen many, many, many singers have to suffer and walk away with major scars yeah. from performances. It's 
it's a fucking production. It's music. It's performance. It's entertainment. There's no reason why someone should have to walk away with that kind of thing over their heads. It yeah. makes me so incredibly angry. Yeah. And I know it's been talked about on this podcast about my claws, and I know it's been talked about in Chicago. And I'm not, I I have no apologies for establishing that. And I've had singers oh, who have had, yeah. who have had, I've had singers who have been those people who have harassed um, other singers come to me wanting to work with me, who I have said, I'm sorry, but at this point in time, I cannot do that because this this behavior has been proven that you know you you have it has been proven that you have performed these behaviors and I I, I cannot align myself with that I'm sorry um, so I you had to put your foot down at some point yeah and I, and I think I think for this I think writing this was really cathartic for the fact that um, it made me it made me realize the kinds of things that we're not talking about that are finally now coming to light and point it out there even more into the spotlight and where to a point where we can't ignore that anymore and we can be a happier and healthier community mm-hmm. and that kinder to each other when these kinds of things are uncovered mm-hmm. and i sure as hell am going to make sure that continues yeah yeah um I want to ask a little bit more about so because this is the back end of the this is the second half of the program, right? Or the yes. The second so, half. what's uh, what's kind of what can people expect with the first half of the program? Uh, it will be the art songs. It is art songs, just voice and piano. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have um, one unaccompanied piece by Paul Kemper called "One Art" um, that Catherine Bruden will be performing. Um, and then we have five other pieces um, that will be uh, done with piano. Uh, Cody and Michael Bradley will be playing those with the other singers. Um, I don't know. We have we, we have kind of a nice romp um, from um, Stephen Serpa, very Latin flavored romp. Um, I I I I, I want to say it was I, it's it's definitely Spanish, um, and. Uh, Claire Divisio is doing a piece called "Of Sopranos and Guitars," which I think I think I think it's been done at New Brew before, um, and it's kind of a whirlwind of a piece too. And I'm excited to have it on there. It's not all like it's not all balladry and trying to get everyone emotional. It's trying to show that my when we were looking at all these pieces, I was trying to get different facets of the experience to show that. There's a whole different. There's a whole spectrum and ocean of what is there for for LGBTQ plus people, um, and what we're experiencing in our society and and in ourselves and those those discoveries and those journeys that we make. So, um, it's it's just kind of a nice little like extensive appetizer for the audience before we do then the second the second half. Cool. Do you have any other projects coming up in August? Yes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, what I want to do because we are we are at time. Oh, we're but, at time. It's okay. But what I do want to do is like you have the floor to just like plug, like 
plugged plug absolutely everything that you have that because we we touched on two and how many more do you have oh there's like three more but uh, (laughs) no that's okay it no i that's not necessarily why i came on here it's yeah i came about to talk about these things but like um there, there, there's, there's a lot of great things ahead, and there's some things I can't talk about yet. But there's some really wonderful opportunities coming up that I can hopefully talk about in the future. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily want to plug myself. Um, I know, I know Heidi Justin, and I'm saying Justin because I know she's Dutch, so I believe it's Justin. Is um, I think it's like Justin. It's a Justin. I think that's that. Well, what you said is probably might be the Dutch. proper way to yes. do it. Yeah. And she, but she might have told me the easy way to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like your could... the way you said it sounds like the proper way of what I'm saying. Like, so I'm just gonna say hi to Jay. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's uh, she's doing um, I think on August 9th the cabaret musical theater pieces that that she's created. So I'm looking forward to going to that. Mm-hmm. Um. I just want I just want everyone to realize that we need to take bigger risks and not apologize for who we are and the things that we do and that we make and you know self care is super important. Um, God damn it! Just take care of yourselves, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, um, it's so important as creatives that we take care of ourselves, and um, I'm here. For any of those creatives, any of you people in Chicago that need someone to talk to, I'm I'm here. I'm here to help, and I'm here to listen. I'm here to understand, um, and I and I and I and I want to understand that there's someone who's been there and done that and lived it and loves it, and will move on, just like everyone else will. Yeah. Well, awesome. Cool. Well, that is that the minute plug. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's my plug. Uh, Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways you can do that. The first is to head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there, as well as all of our podcast episodes. You can also keep up with us on social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. We've been posting a lot of memes lately, so go ahead and check that out. Head to our photos and just go through them. They're kind of fun and interesting, and they've been getting shared. Our reach is like 60,000 or something like that this week since we've been posting memes. People not this week, really... this month. This week. No, it's not. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. The, the memes. People love memes. <laughs> the memes. The memes. Anyway, uh, you can also find our Facebook group. It's called Sounding Board. Um, We love it. We adore it. Uh, We want some more of it. That's not right. Uh, Anyway, it's really great. We talk about local arts, local politics, astrology, dumb stuff, great stuff, smart stuff, weird stuff. It's a good space. Um, Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr under Scopy Mag, spelled the same way as the website. Uh, And you can also find the podcast, the one that you're listening to right now, Scopy Radio, and the podcast places under Scopy Radio, including iTunes, Google Play, and Radio Public. And I'm here to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you want to head to scopymag.com and go to our subscribe page, there are a couple ways that you can do that. The first is to sign up for email blasts. This is huge because even though we post across social media platforms, Facebook eats our shit. 
So if you want to see 100% of what we're doing and not just 30% of it, you should sign up for those email blasts. The second thing you can do is become a member. For as little as $5 a month, you can help us keep our lights on and pay our fucking artists. So if you're interested and in a position to be able to do that, I highly recommend it. It means literally everything to us. And if you're interested in advertising opportunities, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.